0: Welcome back to Financial Matters with Richard Oring. It is episode number two, I am John Jagay, joined once again by Mr. Richard Oring. Good to be back with you, sir. Hey, John. I hope you had a good weekend. As we record this on a Monday morning, same to you as well. Today, we want to talk about something that seems simple, but means so many things to so many different people. We're going to talk about success. So where do you want to start with success?
1: How about we just start from the dictionary? Sure. I got the dictionary in front of me. I turned to the page in the Webster Dictionary, for success. The definition is favorable or desired outcome. That's the basic definition of success. I think we have a different meaning, you know, whatever we're looking at, what aspect of life we're talking about, but most people automatically assume success as in money.
0: That is really, you know, the first thing you think of if you're successful in life, it means that you have a lot of money or a significant amount of money, but that's not necessarily the end all be all for the word success, right? no not at all i
1: think it changes too yeah i think it changes you know you get out of college you start thinking about i got to get a job i got to make a lot of money i got to save for retirement i got to get a house buy an engagement ring all that and then when you have that the one thing you don't have is time mm. so sometimes everyone's desires change what their definition of success is
0: and that can mean stuff like you know more time with your family or building a family something in your career or something you want to pursue in terms of life that's outside the workplace Success really is sort of achieving those goals like we were talking about.
1: You know, when I first graduated college, I was busting my butt. Every single job I ever had to, I would come in early, be the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to get promoted. And then occasionally on the weekend, I would go to one of my friends' house and husband and wife had like rocking chairs on their front porch. They always had a refrigerator in their garage with the case of uh, Natty Light or Coors Light. And every day after work, the two of them sat on the porch, cracked open a beer, didn't make a lot of money, and they were happy. Yeah. And it was amazing. And and I'm busting my butt, exhausted on the weekends. You know, I couldn't even imagine opening a beer because I'd fall asleep drinking it. (laughs) (laughs) But it really means
0: different things to different people. It's the whole different strokes for different folks things. And successful can oftentimes just mean happy. But Let's sort of look at specifically in this episode, success for your financial goals, considering that is uh, your area of expertise. Where do you want to start
1: in terms of financial goals? I think we should talk about what goals can be. You know, a lot of times as we get older, we think of success as retirement. You know, that's probably the number one thing people come to me and say, hey, I got 10, 15, 20 years left I'm working and I want to make sure I can retire. Yeah. What that means is they probably already accomplished some of their short-term goals, which were successful. We could talk about some debt reduction for younger couples or even older people. We could talk about retirement, college. Um, we can keep going. We could just rattle off so many little things. But what I really encourage people to do is tackle the small ones first, Yeah, you know where you can actually obtain and be successful in meeting those goals. Because then you're encouraged to keep going and going. The worst thing you could do is set up a goal 30 years out, and always put it off. Yeah. You know, it's 30 years out. Oh, you know what? I got a holiday gifts coming up this year. Don't have extra money. I'm not going to put money in my 401k. You know, it doesn't work that
0: way. <laughs> when you have something that far out and that nebulous finish line where it's just like, "Oh, I can keep putting it off. I keep putting it off. I don't have a hard date on it." But I like what you said about the smaller goals first because it sort of starts a snowball effect where if you accomplish something small, you get a little bit of momentum, you feel good, you get that uh, endorphin release of a- accomplishing that set goal, and then you can just roll that downhill into getting bigger and bigger goals and accomplishing them.
1: You know, it, it's amazing. If we Just think about it. Your wife asks you to do something. Hey, like for me, my wife says, hey, we have some extra furniture in the basement. I put it in a pile. Can you take it out and get rid of it? Mm-hmm. There's no timeline for that. <laughs> I forgot about it 10 minutes later until <laughs> weeks go by. She's yelling at me, when are you going to get rid of the trash in the basement I told you
0: about a month ago? I get that too. Clean the kitchen or you know, take the trash out or something small. But my wife likes a clean house and I work from home. So she says this is her love language. If she's had a busy day at work and she's stressed out, The best thing I can do is not go to the florist and buy a bouquet of roses for her, but have the kitchen and the living room clean and vacuumed and the counters are clean and no coffee grinds on the counters and that, that is what will really make her happy
1: when she comes home. Is just seeing (laughs) the clean. Exactly. Unfortunately though, retirement planning or college planning, it's not as easy as just putting it off and getting yelled at by the wife. Right. It's scramble time. Yeah. (laughs) If you keep putting it off.
0: Richard, so we're not getting into that point where we're scrambling and realizing, oh, this deadline is a lot sooner than I thought it was because I really didn't plan well. How can we take steps to plan for
1: this stuff out long-term? I think the first thing is making time in your day to sit down and actually document what you want in life. Yes. So many people, they go to work each day, they go into routines. Wake up, get dressed, go to work, come home, cook dinner, help the kids with the homework, watch some TV, go to bed, wake up the next day. (laughs)
0: Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah.
1: Right. It's, it's exactly the same thing. I got a lot of friends and very few of my friends, we talk about these things, very few of them actually sit down with their spouses and sit down and document where they are today and where they want to get to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's important because you both should be on the same plan and you should have some accountability for each other and making sure you get there. So that's the first thing I would say is the most important thing to do is to start the conversation at home.
0: It's like going to the gym. They say if a husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend join the gym together, there's that shared accountability as opposed to doing it on your own, you'll keep putting it off. But if you can sort of hold each other accountable, like I know my wife and I look at our finances every single weekend and we say, okay, what do we spend this week? What do we have left? What do we need in the next couple months that we have for trips coming up? And what do we need to save for our future? And she is uh, the financial brain of the relationship between she and I, and she works in corporate finance as her day job. And so every weekend, we look at an Excel spreadsheet. And I hate it, and it's annoying, but it's important, and I've now seen the value in it because I've got a couple trips I'm taking this month. I'm not scrambling to find the money for it because we've planned for it, and I have that money set aside for it.
1: No, it definitely makes sense. You know, our household, we just started the same process. When we first got married, my wife would say, hey, we're doing well. If I go to the store, I use my debit card and it goes through.
0: <laughs> We've all been there for sure.
1: Yes. But as time goes on and we're getting older and our expenses are getting bigger, I got three young boys and I got college start paying for in about three years mm-hmm. for the first one and, you know, other expenses and camp on the the summer. And it's not as simple as saying, I, I went to use my debit card. It went through uh, now, you know, we're getting older, we're looking for the future and we're making that time now on the weekend to go through our credit card bills and our utility bills and see where we can cut back.
0: That swipe the debit card and see if it goes through, is probably not going to work on a tuition payment.
1: No, now we have credit cards too. So <laughs> that can be dangerous. <laughs> and some
0: tuition payments it might not work for the credit card either. So the planning is just so important. So documenting the goals, tracking the progress. Now, Richard, we've both talked about doing this in our own marriages. What are some good ways to get started with doing this if you're not in the habit of doing so already?
1: It can be as simple as just taking out a pet, writing them down, Mm -hmm. and taking it out occasionally and looking at it. You know, I used to sit with my kids on a regular basis, and I would make them put down short-term goals, long-term goals, and write down how we can accomplish those. And it's amazing. When we look at it every week, they did it. Hmm. When we stop doing it, they're not thinking about their goals and what they want to accomplish. So it could be as simple as just writing it down. When you write it down, it's real. Yeah, it's real. You know, it's funny. Like If I write it down, it's in front of me. I look at it. I see it. I do it. You internalize it. Yeah. Yep. I have all this fancy software for work, tasks, due dates, everything. And I put it in there and sometimes I don't even open the program. Hmm. But anything really, really important is on my glass board right behind me. So when I come in the office, it's the first thing I see. Every time I get up, I see it. So I know I'm going to do it. So easiest thing to do is grab a pad, pen, write them down, take it out once a week. If you're into technology, you and your spouse, there's programs out there, Mint.com, Quicken does budgets. For my financial planning clients, I have software where they can um, link their bank accounts and credit cards. Mm -hmm. I don't have to see it. It automatically downloads their data and categorizes it for them. And then they can create budgets and see if they're off in their spending per month. Maybe they forecasted $400 in fuel. Yeah, If gas goes up, you're going to spend more. So you have to adjust that. And if there's only so much money coming in, maybe you have to cut back somewhere else. So there's electronic tools to do that for you where they aggregate your banking information, your credit card information. That was companies like um, Mint.com, Yoli does it. My financial planning program does it.
0: I've used mint and just get those notifications of, Hey, you spent a little bit more than you normally do this month on this category. And I go back to when my wife and I were long distance, she was living outside Detroit. I was living in new Orleans and we were, you know, flying back and forth to see each other once or twice a month. And I didn't have any money. And I said, geez, honey, I've really been spending so much money on these plane trips to come see you and and meeting up with you and going to different weddings and bar mitzvahs and everything from my family and your family. And she goes, you know what? It's not the plane tickets. I said, what do you mean? It's $300 here, $400. She goes, how many times did you go out to eat this week? And we broke it down and running around and 50 bucks on groceries, $100 on groceries. But then I would go spend, it was New Orleans. So I was at, you know, Chick-fil-A or Popeye's or getting a a po' boy on Bourbon Street or whatever it Mm was, $10 here, $20 there, $30 there, $10 here going out for, again, New Orleans going out for drinks and all that sort of stuff added up. And I was spending way more on that than I was on plane tickets. And until she pointed it out, I hadn't realized it. So having that accountability and really tracking every last dollar, and because now we use cash less, most of us, and we use the debit cards and the credit cards so much more, it's all right in front of you. It's
1: all right there. That is true. You know, my wife and I, like I said, we were going through our budget over the weekend and I was shocked. My oldest is 15, so we give them access to DoorDash now or Uber Eats. Those fees, they whack you. Whack you. Well, yeah, no, it's, you know what, one kid will eat, order Indian food. Someone's going to order friendlies. It's crazy. So it's about $30 more to order from DoorDash than if I just took the kids out. Yeah. I agree on
0: one place. This is where we're going tonight.
1: Right. You got to be careful what apps you let your kids have can add up.
0: Yeah. Anytime that you give them access to anything that's going to cost money and you look and say, whoa, because a lot of times when we're younger, we spend without really thinking about it until we get older and our priorities change.
1: You know what? I have a confession. It's not just the kids, though. Like I said, just did the budget with my wife. Half hour later, we went to Best Buy. We had to work on some kitchen appliances, some warranty replacements. And my wife said the best thing we've ever bought in the house was Sonos. Which one is that? wireless speakers. Oh yeah. So they just came out with a new speaker. My wife's dealing with appliances. I call her on the cell phone. I'm like, Hey sweetie, they got that new Sonos speaker. You want me to get it for you? And she goes, did we not just work on a budget? And say we're <laughs> going to try to cut back. Uh, uh, I was like, it's not for me. It's for you. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's like, how about you come back and help me?
0: <laughs> yeah. Having that spouse to ground, you really can be important.
1: Yes. Impulse purchases, you know?
0: No, but it's funny you mentioned DoorDash is uh, on Friday night, you know, it was the classic married couple conversation. What do you want to do for dinner tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And and my wife was at work late and I said, why don't I just get something from DoorDash? It's going to take 45 minutes, but, you know, we'll have something here. And she's like, I don't want DoorDash. I don't want to spend the extra $15 for something that we can just go out and get. You know, I'd rather pick up a pizza myself on the
1: way home. Exactly. Just think about a few years ago, Friday night was pizza night. Yeah. 10 bucks, 15, 20, depending on how many pies you got with toppings. It was cheap. Mm -hmm. Now it's $70, $80.
0: Yeah. But also because we have all these different types of restaurants in the palm of our hand on our phones, gosh, it adds up so quickly. Exactly. So we're going to come back to success here, Richard. We don't want to necessarily confuse success with, as a definition of how much money you have in the bank, but having a life that makes you satisfied. Obviously, you know, success is tied to money in a lot of ways, but it is about more than just money, right? I think it's about, obtaining
1: what you want in this life. Yeah, Like in our household, charity is very important. Mm -hmm. Family time is very important. Having the kids outside playing is very important. And I know for myself, building a business, I lost track of that in the beginning. Yeah. And eventually they started getting older. And I was like, wow, I got to cut back. We're making enough money. I don't have to keep working so hard. I don't have to work seven days a week. I don't have to work till nine o'clock at night. And I got to tell you, when I did that, I became happier and the business actually grew even more.
0: Because you were in the right mental state when you were in the office.
1: Probably. You know, I was more positive. It wasn't about spinning my wheels. it's about coming in, being efficient, because I wanted to get home. I wanted to have dinner with my kids. You know, growing up, I didn't see my dad. My dad was a CPA and accountant. During tax season, yeah. never saw him. Never saw him. I would tell you I had more meals without my dad than with my dad. Wow. And I didn't want to be that person. I wanted my kids to remember family. You know, to me, dinner is very important. It's the time where we all get together and we talk. We talk about our days and what stresses we have and how we can help each other. And I was realizing I wasn't there for those conversations. Mm. To me, I was not being successful. Money wasn't the issue. It was the time with my family was really bugging me.
0: It's just so important that it really is about more than just the money sometimes. And the last thing you want to do is not compare yourself to others and, you know, keep up with the Joneses in terms of financial bottom line and that sort of thing. You gotta figure out what's gonna make you happy because success, the way I look at it, it's not so much about money as it is about happiness. And money can't buy you happiness, right?
1: I mean, I hate to say it. Look at um, Robin Williams, you know, yeah. you think he has first off, comedian, actor. Beloved. Beloved. I mean, people loved him. Who would ever think he was depressed?
0: And it was a chemical thing and it was unfortunately mental health issues, which is something that I know you and I are probably going to get into in future episodes of this podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think he's happy. He's got more money than he'd ever need. But unfortunately and tragically, he was not happy.
1: No, not at all. It's a sad, very sad. And besides Robin Williams, we probably all know somebody Mm -hmm. who's gone through the same thing.
0: Outside looking in, you think they have everything, but it may not be the case.
1: We bought our new house three years ago and we're doing renovations, but we budgeted. We kept our old house for a long, long time and we wanted to make sure our next house we moved and we had the money to do all the home improvements. And I get comments from my neighbor. Wow, you guys must be loaded, always getting work done in your house. They have no idea about my household, but they're automatically making assumptions. And I think we all do that. I think we look at our friends, our neighbors, and we say, wow, they're really, really wealthy, they're happy, they're successful, but you don't really know until you're in their you know, shoes, in their household, what's going on. And you don't want to try to compete with them. That's the worst thing you can do is try to compete, put yourself in debt because everyone's value system is different. You're know, like, my value system is I want to be able to put my three kids through college. Some people's value system is, hey, I put myself through college and made me a better person. So what's right for me may not be right for someone else.
0: To that point, my wife and I, I was mentioning this to you before we started recording today, so my wife and I have a dog, he's a lab shepherd mix, he's a rescue, and he's 14, and so he's a little bit older, and unfortunately, he had this uh, non-cancerous tumor in his leg that was really causing him a lot of issues, and we talked to our vet, and we talked to a specialist, and the specialist said, really, the, the best thing for you to do is going to be to take his leg, and so a week ago, we had to take his leg, and there were people in our lives who said, you know, that surgery is going to be really expensive. I can't believe you would spend the money on something like that. And then I had another friend, this always stuck with me, say, forget anybody that's going to judge you on how you spend your money. It's your money, you've earned it. Do what's a priority for you. And it's just my wife and the dog and I, and we love that dog more than anything. I didn't have dogs growing up. And, you know, I work from home, like I said, and that dog and I are super close. I would do anything for that dog. And that was how we chose to spend our money. We were in a position where we had saved and we were able to do that. And it really was... The best thing for him, it's a week later, and he's already already walking around the house on three legs, no problem. We call him a, a tripod. It's spelled T-R-I-P-A-W-D.
1: That's awesome. That's great.
0: It's not that money buys you happiness, but it's about saving and being in a position that you can prioritize what you want to prioritize in your
1: life. Yep. John, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about not comparing ourselves to our neighbors and so forth like that. Growing up, my dad was a humongous Simon to Garfunkel fan. Okay. So- in the car, listening to Simon Garfunkel constantly. And there was one song they sang about, which most people don't even remember, but it was called Richard Corey. Okay. And that song was based on a poem written by Edwin Arlington Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I going to read it real quick. It's not that long. Whenever Richard Corey went downtown, we people on the pavement looked at him. He was a gentleman from Soul to Crown, clean favorite and apparently slim. And he was always quietly arrayed and was always human when he talked, but still he fluttered pulses when he said, good morning. And he glittered when he walked and he was rich. Yes, richer than a king. And I really schooled in every grace. In fine, we thought that he was everything to make us wish that we were in his place. So on we worked and waited for the light and went without the meat and cursed the bread. And Richard Corey, one calm summer night, went home and put a bullet through his head. Wow. The song is a little bit different. Those who remember was uh, Richard Corey owned a factory and everyone was envious of him. He had everything. And the people who were envious worked in his factory and they wished they were going to be him. And it ended with, and Richard Corey went home and put a bullet through his head. So it's an interesting song, you know, to listen to. And now that you kind of have an idea what it's about, you'll hear that song a little bit different. Yeah. And for me, it helps me not compare myself or put myself in other people's shoes without really knowing them. Mm-hmm.
0: You'll never know what's going on in somebody's own head and somebody's, with somebody's own finances. And really, we can't stress this enough. To come back to success, which has been kind of the theme of the episode since we started, success is really about being able to achieve the goals in your life that you want. That's not necessarily financial. That is finding out what's gonna make you happy and figuring out a plan on how to get there.
1: Right, it's a balance. You know? You want to work so you can meet your goals and, you know, have your own successes. Don't work to make yourself be successful in someone else's eyes or try to keep with someone else's goals. That's not the goal in this life. The goal is to make it sure that you're happy, your family's happy, and that you can succeed in life.
0: Not about living to work, but working to live, right? Yep. And if somebody wants to come in and sort of get a check on their finances and figure out where they're going and maybe plan for things going forward for the future, what are the best ways to get a hold of you, Richard?
1: Best way is always to call me, 609-924-2049, extension 126. Or you can always go to our website, www.ncfg.com. On the website on the top, there's even a a link right there. You can schedule a phone call with us. Just remember, you don't have to be local. I offer video conferencing to have meetings. So if you want to do it during a lunch break or you're not close by or it's hard to coordinate between you and your wife or spouse. I try to make it very convenient for everyone.
0: Very 21st century of you. We appreciate the time as always. Richard, we'll put links to contact you in the show notes for the show as well. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks a time. John. Richard Orring's branch office is 1 Airport Place, Princeton, New Jersey 08540. The branch phone number is 609-924-2049. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. New Century Financial Group, LLC, and Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. does not offer tax advice or tax services. Please consult your tax specialist for individual advice. We make no specific comments or recommendations on any tax-related details.